Hey, this is Sam for Dobbs. If you need tires, hop on our website, go to Dobbs.com. We'll save you time searching brands, sizes, and prices, and save you money because we sell tires at the lowest price in town, guaranteed. For deals you can use, click on go to Dobbs.com now. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Eight o'clock in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Michelle Smallman and the voice of the Cardinals, Dan McLaughlin. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us and great to go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and Hall of Famer Larry Walker, who played for both the Rockies and the Cardinals, who will play this weekend, is with us right now. Larry, thanks for taking some time with us. How are you doing today? Uh, you're welcome. Uh, all's good. Thank you. Larry, how's that speech coming? What speech? Well, I don't know if you knew this. You were, so COVID hit, and I'm sure you were on a golf course somewhere, but you were elected to the Hall of Fame, so you're going to have to make a speech coming up. By the way, this is Dan McLaughlin. Great to hear you, Larry. Um, so how's that speech coming, buddy? Well, I, I think I've got it done, uh, but uh, every day I, I hop back on my computer and I, and I reread it again, and, and, and lo and behold, a paragraph gets erased and redone again, so... Uh, I think I just need to just accept it for what it is. Uh, it's going to stink. I suck at speaking public like that, and, uh, and I'm going to have to deal with it. So I love it. I can't, I can't wait till it's over. I can't wait till you're on the hot seat, baby. I love it. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Larry, do you practice your speech out loud? Do you time yourself? Uh, I have. I, I did one. I timed it once, and you know, you tr- I know you try to talk slow when you do these things. Otherwise, you just fumble all over your words. And when I did that one at a speed I would like to do it at, it was 13 minutes, which is way too long. So I need to shorten that down a little bit. And I've practiced it three times so far. Now, uh, Brad Thompson was on the games. Were you watching any of the games this past week? I know you don't miss many. Um, uh, yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't watched for a couple of weeks anything, so no. Okay, so Brad Thompson, your former teammate, was on uh, with me, and he just wanted to know if you were going to be wearing a SpongeBob shirt during the uh, <laughs> Hall of Fame induction ceremony like you did when you got the call. Well, I, I've had people push me and tell me that I should do that. You know, it's a, the whole Hall of Fame call and having that shirt on wasn't a planned deal that I thought, oh, this will go over well and people will <laughs> love it and hate it and uh, – I wasn't even thinking anything like that when I when I put that on. So um, I've kicked around maybe a SpongeBob tie or something, but no, I think that, I think I'm just going to try to dress as normal as I can. Larry Walker with us on 101 ESPN. Larry, you were a spectacular player with both Montreal and with the the Rockies, and then came here for a year and a half and, and played really well, even though you were kind of beat up. But you've maintained a relationship with the Cardinals. What is it about the Cardinal organization that causes guys, that, regardless of how long they were here, to have that attachment to it? Well, besides having you know great people in the organization working, uh, I've been able to do the fantasy camps down here near my home in Florida, which uh, you know keeps me tied in with a lot of the the people that way. 
Um, the birds on the bat's a pretty famous jersey. You know, you, you talk baseball, it's one of the jerseys you talk about and, and one of the cities you talk about. So uh, there's a lot of history with the, with the Cardinals. And you know what? I, I guess just uh, coming to that team, and Dan's heard me tell say it a million times when I got there and, and got the standing ovation before and after my first at-bat. And, and from there on, I was like, oh, oh my God, you know, you you're you're an opposing player coming in and you see the sea of red every game the people are going crazy they're very respectful and knowledgeable fans and then you put that uniform on uh, that's a whole different animal and uh it's it's it's, i'm happy that i'm able to still uh, stick around and 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 have that communication with them and they allow that they they treat their past players very well and and uh and and realize who's come through and, and and treat everybody fairly so, Larry, then having Nolan Arenado come to St. Louis, you knew what he was in for. You knew what his first experience at Bush Stadium would be like. Oh, yeah. I, I, I thought the same thing for Matt Holiday. I, you know, I told Matt, I go, boy, you're going to love this, man. You, you, you don't realize uh, just uh, how great it's going to be until you step that uh, onto the field for that very first time with that uniform on. And it's an instant uh, you know, love relationship that the fans have with their players. Hey, Larry, are, are you scheduled to come back to St. Louis for any type of recognition? I, I know the Cardinals want to do that, but with COVID, it's it's just everything's been up in arms. So I'm just curious if you are coming back to St. Louis. Uh, as far as going to St. Louis, I haven't heard anything. Um, like I said, like you said, everything's kind of up in the air. I know the All-Star game being in Denver this year is um, – I'm waiting for an email on that as far as – what they would like me to do or what's going on for reckon, recognize me there and stuff. And that's uncertain. Even the hall of fame stuff is, you know, made for TV stuff that's going on right now. And, and I'm only allowed 10 people. You know, there's no, 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 uh, no people are going to be at the hall of fame for this thing. It's strictly uh, TV only. Are they doing that outside? Or are they going to set up something inside in a hall or, or how are they doing that for the hall of fame? Uh, I haven't been told where it's at yet. I believe it's inside though. And, um, and even and as of right now, as crazy as this is, the the nine people that I can bring with me, ten including me, um, like my parents, aren't even allowed to come to the ceremony. They have to stay at the hotel and watch it on TV. That's that's where we're at right now. So hopefully that loosens up uh, by the end of July. Wow. Larry Walker is with us on 101 ESPN. Larry, we were talking earlier about what it would take for the Rockies to be able to win with the, the atmospheric conditions, with the way pitchers have to work in Denver for the for the home games. You played on a team that went to the playoffs in Denver back in, in 1995. What do you think it would take for that franchise to be able to win within the conditions that they have to play in? Well, it's like the $64,000 question right there, right? If you could get that one right, you'd probably be even manager, general manager. You might even own the ball club. But there's a, there's a lot of different people that have tried to find those answers. And, and the one time we made it when I was there, well, we mashed. Man, we went out there and, and we tried to hit the ball as far as we could and, and score runs because that was the way we had to do it, uh, is to score more than the other team. But... Um, I, I think the big thing that's been talked about is is actually playing the game, and it was I talked about it when I played there. And now it's kind of got more public. When is how you feel your first couple games back to, to to Coors, and how you feel you feel your first couple games when you leave Coors? That altitude uh, that that plays a uh, you know havoc with you and messes you up and and messes the ball up. So uh, there's a constant adjustment on on how you want to. Now you have to approach the game both at home and on the road. It's two different ball games um, 
depending which uniform, the home uniform or the road uniform you have on. And it's, it's, it's a quite an adjustment for guys to make. And, and, uh, you know, I think somehow that, you know, when we're human and we want to get out there and hit the ball as hard and far as we can sometimes on the road, especially. And I think the opposite probably needs to happen. Uh, a lot of small ball needs to be played on the road until you adjust back to, to sea level again. Larry, I remember a story Don Baylor told me one time about when Coors was being built, and he and I think Bob Gebhardt went out, and they were just they, they went out during the day and they checked out the the wind streams at Coors Field, and they determined with the way the wind blew that they had to have Larry Walker on the Rockies. Did he ever tell you that that a big part of the reason? And they wanted you anyway, but they thought that you'd really succeed with the way the wind blew at, at Coors Field. Oh, I've never heard that one. No, it's uh, that that's the first. I, I just know when I became a free agent, um, and, and my first games in Colorado as were uh, and as a visitor with the Expos, and we had the games were at Mile High Stadium, and there's eighty five thousand people going crazy. Now, I don't know about other athletes, but that uh, I ate that up. I was like, this would be great to play in this front of this many people every day. I'd love it. So, uh, you know, that and, and and the beauty of the city were the two things that attracted me there. So. Uh, but, but I didn't hear about the, the jet streams going out. Yet. I don't think you really needed them anyway. Well, you didn't. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Larry, Dan mentioned that you watch the games. I'm always curious when we talk to Hall of Famers, guys who know baseball so intimately, who's a player that you love watching? Who's a player playing right now that you want to tune into all the time? Well, um, you know, listen, Mike Trout's, you know, a, a joy to watch on how he goes about the business. You know, not just how good he is with a bat in his hand or a glove on his hand. It's, it's, it's how he plays the game too. Um, and you know, today for me, the game has changed so much that part of why I'm not watching it a lot right now is all the antics that go on, and it's, I'm not a fan of it. You know, I know a lot of people say, "Oh, they bring all this excitement to the game," and you know, I've seen plays where guys. You know, maybe slide into second base because they stretched a, a a single, maybe into a double, and they get up and they gotta they gotta salute the dugout and do all their whatever they're doing, their signs and motions and everything. Meanwhile, the ball's been thrown away and up it's in it's in right field or left field, and they could have got, got another base. But all that stuff, uh, it's kind of turned me away from the game. But and that's why I enjoy watching just Mike Mike Trout go about his business. You know, he hits a home run, he runs the bases, comes in and. and and, and and does what Barry Sanders, I guess, used to do. Acted like he's done it before, you know, when he scores a touchdown. So, um, but that's uh, probably the the favorite one I enjoy watching. Larry, we uh, kind of a lost art is defense in the game, and I'm not sure I've seen a better defensive player than you. You were so smart. Whether it was deking players, you had a great arm. You knew how to play the game. You, your base running was magnificent, and taking the extra base and doing the little things. And obviously, you were a tremendous hitter. What what are you most proud of as you reflect back on on your career and what you were able to do in the white between the white lines? Well, I think you touched on it all, man. Is is I, I learned how to do it all. I, I grew up playing hockey. I didn't grow up playing baseball. So everything I learned um, was through the minor leagues. And uh, and I always just three things that stood out as I wanted to be a sponge, and I, and I was. And don't go to SpongeBob with that because that's not where I'm going. <laughs> but I but I, I I wanted to absorb everything that I was being taught and and everything I would see. And I did that, and I tried to incorporate that into how I would learn this game of baseball. Because at the beginning, I didn't know the rules. I I couldn't hit fork balls or sliders. I never seen them. So, just uh, I think just being a sponge and absorbing everything that was ever told to me or taught to me or or, or what I saw, and and even the things I 
I saw that I didn't like, I would, you know, I'd make sure I never do them again. So just everything was was uh, absorbed in and, and then tried to translate that into the full package. I've talked to you a ton of times, and I don't think I've asked you this question. And if I had, I, I would have remembered. So hearing this, I'm, I'm curious, who was like the most influential guy where you had an at-bat and, and maybe it went well or didn't, but they, they pulled you aside, you're in the dugout, and you went through the at-bat. You talked about the at-bat, or there was a situation in running, and they said, hey, you, uh, you might want to think about doing this, or in the outfield you need to be doing this, or position yourself this with this count because of this t- particular scenario. Who were those guys that were really influential for you? Well, that's going to be part of my Hall of Fame speech, and I'll I'll say that part right now because you know you, you always get asked who's your favorite player, and I've and I've always said one guy, I guess, because uh, it was actually a group of guys, but the ringleader for it all was Tim Wallach uh, from my early days in Montreal, and uh, you know the the whole, the whole team of Spike Owen, Tom Foley, Mike Fitzgerald, these guys were all you know a great group and kind of took me under, but Tim was always there. But you know, like I I touched on with all the coaches and everything I was taught, I, I had to learn and. And, and hitting was always with Ralph Rowe, you know, back in the day. Uh, uh, my base running was done with Tommy Harper, you know, then the, that taught me a lot. Uh, J.R. Minor was actually my manager in, in A-ball in Burlington, Iowa, but he was always working with me in the outfield and, on, on how to defend, how to hold the ball and throw correctly. And, and ex-Cubs manager Mike Quaddy really did a little bit of everything. You know, you know the guy would throw BP and, uh, for hours and hours and, and, and just did everything uh, around the game. So, there's four guys right there that at the beginning were the ones that I remember being around and, and the ones I listened to and and, uh, and and listened to what they had to say and, and used it. Larry, Albert Pujols is in the news right now. Yesterday he was designated for assignment by the Angels and his future is in question. <laughs> but from one Hall of Famer to a future Hall of Famer, when you watched Albert Pujols play, tell us something about him that makes him the great player that he is. Well, I'll tell you... Just you know, and, and it was a joy to hit in front of him too, because it was the you know, guys are going to throw me stuff because they didn't want to have to face him. So my times in the Cardinal uniform was great to hit in front of him. But you know what? He just uh, he, he just used every bit of talent that he had. You know, he wasn't the fastest guy, but you know, I, I enjoyed watching his base running. How he would, you know, a lot of times kind of slow down going into a bag, and then. I'll say turn it on, but he didn't really turn it on. But he just, he like I deked out uh, deke base runners in the outfield with balls off the wall. He would deke outfielders with his base running on how he would lure them into thinking he wasn't going, and then and then take off and take that extra extra base. And you know, and, and like you say, the hitting is uh, that's a whole different. Uh, we need another Oprah show for that to talk about that because <laughs> how amazing that was. Larry, it is great to hear your voice. We're looking forward to your Hall of Fame speech. Thanks so much for taking some time with us, and have a great weekend. Uh, thank you, guys, and uh, I guess well, I hope all the games turn out in the tie this weekend for my sake, so you <laughs> yeah. and I play for both teams, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, if they're tied in the 10th, do you root for Tyler O'Neill, another Maple Ridge, B.C. guy? <laughs> I, I'm, always, I'm always cheering for Tyler. You, know, that's, uh, you don't get more homegrown than that, so, uh, yeah, I enjoy that. But if it's got to be the 10th inning, can you just hit a walk-off home run instead of having to start a guy on second base? Absolutely. <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> We're talking old school. Larry, thanks. Take care. See you later. All right, thanks, guys. Hey, Larry. By the way, thanks for always being the best. I just want to say that you're 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 just the best. I'm so excited for you going into the Hall of Fame. It's 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 going to be awesome. Well, I appreciate it. I'm just I'm just a regular old Joe Canadian guy. That's how I see myself, and that's never going to change. You got it. Thanks, Larry. Larry Walker with us on 101 ESPN. Fantastic. 
Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.